myself it is one of the great projects released this year um my best friend is part of it mm-hmm. dj john wizard is the other part and i'm gonna have a hard time doing this episode because proud is bursting for me and it's hard for me to express that stuff and i'm really proud of Zilla. so i try my best um and we are here to talk about midnight suns this midnight not the god suns and not the step suns the midnight suns midnight Midnight Suns. Yeah. Okay. Alaska. So, I mean, this is kind of probably like a nerdy question. You've probably gotten in a thousand times, but since there is a sort of like superhero overarching theme to this, what is the origin story for this uh, group? (laughs) (laughs) It's the dumbest question ever, I know. The origin or, story for for me and Zilla's connection, or or the origin story of like the comic book characters. Uh, no, oh. for you and Zilla, the the sort of Midnight Suns project, really. Um, basically connected. Um, we've told this a few times, but for y'all who haven't heard it, um, we uh, I was just on Twitter one time and uh, scrolling down the feed, and I, I see uh, this Moon Knight avatar, and I was like, what the fuck, like. It's a dope avatar. I just gave Zilla props, like dope Moon Knight avatar, bro. Like that's dope. And he's like, man, nobody fucking even knows what the fuck that is. Like props for you for even knowing what the fuck that was. Like so, I was like, that was years ago. And then it was kind of like we weren't even really like we didn't really even know each other at that point. You know what I mean? Kind of just knew of each other. And then um, I ended up having Zilla as a guest on the uh, Star Wars mixtape. This is the, the last mixtape. I tried to talk and, myself uh, off that. I was like, yo, I do not like Star Wars. I don't know shit about it. He was calling, like, he's like, yo, can you give me, like, like, when Star, he like, I was giving him, like, crib notes. Because he was like, I did. I told him. And I was like, listen, I, I've seen the movies. I don't know shit. I don't care about this. And he was like, well, you know, do your best. I was like, all right, man. I'll, I'll put a verse in. This is on some like fuck off verse. Like if you don't like it, cool. I'll use it for something else. No harm, no foul. It didn't matter because there were so many verses on that. It was such a long mixtape that it was like I didn't want every single guy to rap like a hundred percent about Star Wars. It's like right. whatever. It's just kind of the overall theme of it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> that that led us to uh, to me doing because people like people knew me from my American Iron Man mixtape back in the day, which yep, was the, the Jay Z ghost face matchup. Shit is hard. Comic book inspired, and um, so people who had been hounding me for years to just do more comic book um, projects, especially after the Star Wars, they're like, "You need to do a comic book shit again." And so I, uh, I did the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. and uh, during the Infinity Stones, I was just like, "Zilla, man, we got to do the Moon Knight song. Like, we have to." You know what I mean? You're the only one who knows knows what's up. And so when I made the beat for that, it was like super dark like crazy schizo beat and um after zilla recorder i was like man this is just this is just too good to just be a one song collab we got to do a whole album or an ep or something and then that's kind of how the uh origin story of the collab came came to be 
exactly. And when Chong was like, "Oh, we got to do a Moon Knight album," I was like, I was like, "Nah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not good at like doing those like literal full on projects of like, all right, it's gonna all be about this for the whole." And I was like, "Oh no, man." Same thing. I was I was like, "Ah, I don't know. This song's stupid hot, but like, how could I make a whole joint?" And then he was like, oh, we could do this. And he had all these like, fucking ideas. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I was a like, real lagging. And then finally, like, yeah, man, I'm started making joints. Party. What? Your, your shit is choppy. What would you say? Being a fucking party pooper as you are. Sometimes. Party pooper? I'm just I'm just not good at, like, doing the full on well, literal I shit. I think, too, is, like, we knew that we weren't going to do every song about comic books. This was mm-hmm. kind of what I told them. I was like, you know, let's just kind of be, like, the overall theme that kind of right. ties the ties the, the project yeah. together and we can kind yeah. of do our thing so yeah so but at first i was like oh, i don't know if i can do this a lot and then uh and then for, but after that it would just became like like chalk said just back just doing joints and then we will we'll shape oh. it afterwards let me ask y'all why the midnight sun's moniker <clears throat> the artwork is incredible but it's mostly focused on ghost rider and um and Mr. Mark Spector. But mm-hmm. for, for, for the listeners that are um, a novice to this, Midnight Suns was a bigger group, mm-hmm. correct? On, in, the, in the books. Yeah. So um, can y'all expound to us um, why that was so attractive to um, brand as, as y'all um, name and as the, uh, you know, the aesthetic for the project? Well, on that, on, yeah. that, uh, on that first song, Zilla said, I'm a midnight sun, but the sun don't even come out or some shit like that. And I was like, off that first song, I was like, man, midnight suns, like it brought me back to uh, the nineties as a kid uh, reading comic books. I read those Ghost Rider midnight sun comic books. So I knew what he was talking about when he said midnight suns. And I was like, man, that's ill name for like an album title or group or whatever. Let's use, let's run with that. Then we ran with it. And it was kind of like, I know midnight or uh, moon Knight is not really like an original member of, midnight suns but he kind of came into the later yep. later as a later member but it, he really fit the vibe and we just thought you know ghost rider was the og midnight sun he was like the main guy right so yep. we had to have him on the cover so well i'm a little remiss i'm a little um verklempt and a little little taken aback because i i personally would like um would have like blade somewhere in the artwork with a stake. He's on my sleeve doggy he's on the sleeve okay so uh, there he is. Blade is on well, the, the Wesley. Uh, the Wesley point. Yep. Is Wesley. On the hoodie and possibly on the Obi strip. Just because I like the um um Chang. I was telling Zilla this other day. I couldn't remember, but there was a period of time where Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze was separated, and um, Johnny Blaze resembled Nomad from back then. Mm-hmm. But I was really into that. He wore these sunglasses. He had this uh, long, like uh, Kurt Russell escape from New York hair. He, <laughs> he and he had a shotgun. And from what I can remember, I'm not sure I got to double check. The shotgun shot Hellfire. So that was his connection. So even though he wasn't turning into Ghost Rider at the time, Ghost Rider, I, I, I feel like they got separated. And Ghost Rider was just rolling by himself as the spirit of vengeance without turning into um, Johnny Blaze or whatever. And um, anyway, um, the guy, I, I could be a name, but I, I could be messing up his name. But anyway, it was a character like that. He had a long um, Matrix brown trench coat. Mm-hmm. The shotgun he rode his motorcycle. That's uh that's exactly right. Cause like when we started doing the project, I went and uh the comic shop and I was like, I'm like, order me in that old 
Midnight Sun's graphic novel. Let me read this shit. It oh, was pretty shit. horrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's Johnny Blaze is like this. Johnny Blaze, there it is. He, yep. He's got the, he's got the uh, he's got the shotgun, the motorbike, and the trench coat, and he's kind of like I think he like runs a circus or some shit or a carnival. And, um, <laughs> He has to link up with Danny Ketch, who has become the new. Yes, yeah, there it is. Danny they, Ketch. Have, they have to yeah. work together. And it was pretty 90s horrible, but um, <laughs> I couldn't even finish it. Really, I read about 75% of it. I was like, man, this is just so bad. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> I can't finish this shit. You're like, I can't wait to make an album about this. this 90s, <laughs> 90s comics. We had already man. made the album pretty much. We uh, were okay. already pretty much done. And I was just like, oh, man. Well, that's all my. How I got that the Midnight Suns phrasing was because I remembered Midnight Suns from the comics with Blade and and Ghost Rider and all that shit, but I didn't know Moon Knight was in it until I randomly saw a picture, either on Google or Twitter, and it was it had it's from the newer books where it has Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Blade, uh, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, uh, and like two or three other newer characters I forget the names. Like, like Man Thing like, or something? Was Man Thing? It was Man Thing. I think, and then I think was, Iron Fist. I think is in there too. Yeah, and then I um, think. But, but they're fighting like to keep Hell because Hell's taking over like like Las Vegas. It's fucking oh. it's like like so Las Vegas is opening the, the Sin City. It's opening the portal to Hell. That's great. So Doctor Strange has to get all this Midnight Suns together to do it. So there was just like a still shot from a cover from a Doctor Strange book with all of them on there and it said Midnight Suns, and I was like. Oh shit! And it, but it had the newer Moon Knight with the fucking suit, um, like, like the white dress suit. Mm-hmm. So it was like some old shit. So I saw that and I was like, I was like, oh. So in my mind, I was like, oh shit! Moon Knight is now in the Midnight Sun shit. This is crazy. So when I made that song, Mark Spector's theme, there's that little breakdown, and it's right at the end. And I just saw it and I was like, I was like, what do I say? I was like, he, had, he Midnight Sun, but Sun don't even touch him. And I was like, that. There you go. Boom. I throw that in the hook. And then I thought that was just a fly thing to say. And I didn't know Chong knew Midnight Suns that deep because I don't remember it that much when I was a kid. But uh, and then we started talking. We were like, yo, Midnight Suns is like that's such an ill name. Like a, whether it's a group or an album or a song, like we got to use that because no one knows what that shit is. But it like sums this shit up. So that's and again, that was almost exactly two years ago to, to the day we dropped the record. So it all kind of like fell into place. And now we got the hoodies on. Oh, Alaska, jump in after after I get to this part. So this is the part I want to drop uh, Mark Spector's thing in the episode because, um, bah. and because um, I knew about the project as Zilla was working on it, my best friend. So I'm pretty much like co-piloting. Sometimes, sometimes we keep a lot of music from each other until it's finished. It's a newer thing. It's a, it is a new no, thing. Once, Isn't it a new once thing? You started being this, no, no, we'll start with Shrapnel. Once you started not playing me anything from fucking Shrapnel, I was like, this well, is- I, no, I was, I, shrapnel is a whole different reason why. So I was like, was, oh, I, I see you shrapnel, I raise you fucking Midnight Suns pussy. Whatever, Let, listen, listen to that. This is, this is, this is, this is our friendship. So anyway. Romance um, Whispers, you were like, oh, it's what it comes to, that's what it comes up to. You're, you got to you got to compete with your team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to stop trying to one up each other, trying to get better. You well, know what I mean? Sean, we usually let each other arrange each other's albums, but because we yeah. haven't been sharing it, that's not mm-hmm. part of the process currently. Yeah, yeah. So, but well, in this project in particular, I wasn't familiar with all of the songs. He would let me know snippets, there were beats, but I knew Mark Spector's name. I had that early. And, and um, you know, listeners won't be remiss, but this took y'all a little second to complete. Mm-hmm. And I was on his ass, Chong, because Mark Spector's name was so good. 
I was like, hey, you wrote another song? Y'all got another song? I was on. Oh, you were not. So shut up, man. He yeah. was annoyed. He was totally annoyed, but I was on his ass shut because up. I really I really liked how Mark Spector came out. And the reason I wanted that oh, song that to be dropped is, Z, why did you take the approach of hitting all of the multiple personalities? Because you could take Moon Knight right. one way, you know, mm-hmm. hoodied up, the, you know, the scarab uh, levitating hovercraft. Yep. Or you could go the other more interesting way. Mm-hmm with Moon Knight. So why was that your, um, why, why do you want to touch on that? Cause I, I think this would make, I think this would make some interesting. It's like, if he's just an, a guy beating the shit out of people and he's rich, like Batman, like who cares? Everybody knows what that is. And he doesn't have like, you know, uh, a death to propel him. But when you get, when you fuck with Moon Knight and you see like, he does, he does like low level street shit where he pretends to be like a cab driver. Like he's his multiple personalities. They played up in the books for decades where when he's in them spaces, he's not like being like, oh, I'm, I'm just pretending to be this guy. Like, oh, I am Stephen Grant. I am fucking Jake Lockley or whatever. Like he's, I thought it was fun to be like, this, this, is, this is a way you can, you can be multiple characters under the same guise of, it's a song about pretending to be Moon Knight. All right, but he's got all this other shit happen. So he has like the adventure shit. He has the Egyptian moon god shit happening with Khonshu. He has Avenger shit. He has like fantastical money shit. Like he was like a producer in LA. He was doing like fucking action shows for like a fake network. He has so many parts to his his stories. And it's, but again, it's not centered around anything beside like this dude's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And like how far is everybody willing to go with that? Like to humor that. It's like the, the Avengers always take him on begrudgingly, like, all right, you know. If we get is him there on a part day, of um is there part of Moon of Mark Spector's character where you as the reader don't know if this is really happening, Shit. or is he imagining it? Is is that is that an aspect of the book? Sean, what is that the Colin Bunn or the Lemire joint? Where that's he's like, that's the Jeff Lemire. The whole there's like a three three oh. graphic novel arc where he's like in a mental institute, and you don't know if it's real or not, and it's it's wow. it's a fucking trip. And then it takes place. It's like a mental institution, then in like an ancient Egypt. So then it's like, oh, then he like gets to Egypt somehow. Out, he escapes the mental institute, and, <laughs> and then he's in it's outer fucking, space. He's in outer it's space. Insane. It's like, it's, it's fucking wild, dude. I love that. I think the I think the great thing too with comics is like, it's not always about the characters; it's about the writers. So if you get a really good writer, especially mm-hmm. if they just pick a random character like Moon Knight and breathe some new life into him, mm-hmm. it's a great thing. And I think with this album, it was like we took these characters, Midnight Suns, and we we're like. This is our audio comic book version. This is what this is the Midnight Suns we're presenting. It's kind of like right. a, it's like a crime noir horror movie uh, in audio form. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we wrote our uh, we wrote our comic book. You know what I mean? An album form. Exactly, and then even even the guys you know you guys being on the record, it's like like Alaska doesn't know shit about Moon Knight. You know what I mean? Or Sun Midnight Suns. I actually thought Mark Spector's theme was about the rapper Mark Spector. Right, that's the Mark. That's Speck. how little that's I know about comic books. Shout out to Mark Speck. Yeah, that's funny. You know what I mean? But like, even even the guests we have on the record, it's like, it's not even. It's almost like midnight. So like, it's a revolving cast of people, but we have like the core is like me and Chong, and then Jay's own production with the beats, and like our wrecking crew. You know, Prem also you guys, but outside of that, it's not really. Uh, it's not like a thing where you're like, oh, like yeah, it's the same. It's the same guys that are on these type of records together all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, like the Midnight Suns lineup in the comics is like, when the fuck would you see Blade and like Doctor Strange? You know what I mean? That, that, that's not really like, 
Oh, my man, man thing. Man thing. Motherfucker right there. Man thing. Word. Thing. I love man thing. We man bring it all you guys in. You guys all played a different role in the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, whatever like, I'll be honest you with you. Wanna... I don't know why I came up with that for my part. I'm serious. Like, because I know what? I set the song off. Yeah. Um, no, that was your idea. Visually, at breakfast on you. Yeah, but I'm trying to tell y'all, I don't know why I just thought, I just, when I heard the beat, I was like, yeah, you know, what if I had a long night as a superhero and I woke up, you know, in the bathroom face down? Like, what is that like? Like, you know, and I, and the funny thing is, uh, ironically, I was working back then. So it was just like me being a superhero was like me being a rapper. And I still had to go to work and expend all that energy. And then I still had to find energy for the rap. So to me, it was akin to being a rapper. Like, you know, it's hard out here being a vigilante. You break your ribs and shit, you can't quit your job. Because the six, the four hundred one k, and the sick time is better than being on like unemployment and shit, and that's true. I'm pretty sure some superheroes they keep they dare, you know. I, some people work at a copy desk. Copy Daredevil, hey. Daredevil, always been employed, bro. You know, and so uh, uh, Spider Man was employed for a mm-hmm. long time too. Mm-hmm. So um, Vigilante Breakfast was just just like, yo, what is it like to be an underground rapper and you wake up after showed it, ran till three at night. So if I just was a, was a hero or vigilante, what what would what, what my issues would be? Um, so yeah, I'm 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 proud of that song. I think the last one dis- I mean, destroys it. Whew. That's real. That whole concept that you you busted off to is real because there's that connection between comic books and hip hop, which people don't. There's it's a long running connection. You know what I mean? Yes. There's the whole MCs with the alter ego. You know what I mean? Like the the secret identities and even you go back to the 80s and there's all those um, rap groups that sounded like comic book groups like the Furious Five and like yes and all that you know what I mean? like all you can see their names in big block letters exactly you, know what I'm saying? And you even have like the team ups too right you have yes. the, like the firm you have fucking uh, Death Squad Four Horsemen um, uh, the commission yeah yeah. Yeah, and even just like the one-off, like the producer MC collabo one-offs. You know, what I mean, that's like the, the team ups mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so I got I got a weird question for you guys, and it's something I notice when I'm listening to it. There's a real live feel to this record. Like, it feels like you're just basically knocking the shit out in one take. Like, almost like you went into a studio, you set up, and you're just like, all right, let's rock this shit. Like, is, was that an, an intentional feel? Like, even, like, down to the hooks. Like, everything's just sort of, like, loose. The hooks are kind of, for the most part, unstructured. Like, they're not built like traditional hooks. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're just saying something to get to, like, the next verse. You know, it's built into the theme of the song, but it's not, like, call and response part here and then, like, <laughs> the build-up part here. It's just, like, sort of, like, you know, almost what you were saying about the Midnight Sun shit at the end. So, like, was that sort of an intentional choice throughout the project to sort of have this, like, live looseness to it yo man i'll tell you this right now there was there was one okay so when we when we first started making the songs at the time i had my old laptop which is across the room and that laptop is what 13 years old. oh yeah i remember and i would go stretches with this fucking computer where it would ever be where everything were gonna be great and then for long stretches the sound would cut off every 40 seconds so there were stretches of recording the first batch of songs where I literally could only do 30 to 40 second takes. And then all the sound would shut off. I would have to reboot my interface. My system would have to load again and I would have to do it again. So there are some songs where it's like literally like nine punch in parts. 
because the, my computer like literally wouldn't let me record a full take straight through. Mm. But I was embarrassed. I was like, this shit is fucking painful because it sounds like I'm punching in a death because I can't fucking flow or I'm running out of breath or whatever. So I would send him the Chong and I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll get my, my, my computer fixed or I'll go somewhere and lay it all down later. And he'd be like, no, nah, we're keeping it. And mm. I'm like, you know me, I'm the king of keeping all the fucking mistakes, keeping all the yeah. But I was like, bro, we're not keeping this. Like, this is bad. Like, you could clearly hear me cutting in and doing it. And so later on when I got my new computer, which I'm using with, with you guys now, I was like, I was telling him, I'm like, yo, I'll go back real quick. I'll bang all these shits out. So I did all these songs again. I did the hooks again. And he was like, nah, I don't like these as much as the original joints. <laughs> no, like he, he, he redid uh, the, uh, the Grey Ghost joint. There originally was no hook. It was just two verses. And he wanted to go redo those. And I was like, he did. He redid them. I was like, no, it's just, it doesn't sound good. The originals just sound so raw and just like your voice. It sounds like just there's this a, a gruffness and a rawness to the to that first laying it down. You know what I mean? Just like it sounded it almost sounded too practiced when you do it like uh, the second re-recording of it, you know, so it's hard to recapture that energy once you exactly that. that, energy you that yeah, exactly. And, and John, you there were fighting a, a uphill battle with that because this man owns his studio and he, many a times he records another take or four after I can only do one. And that's the only time I'm there or oh, that's the takes I got. And then, you know, Oh, gee, your joint sounds all pristine. Oh, well, you know, I went in there and did it a couple more times. So definitely, he definitely wants to have that um, director's chair when it comes to his vocals. So um, that was good that you made that call because they're definitely, and I agree with you, Alaska, it definitely is a feel of, um, especially with the with the J-Zone drums, it's like like a, a session, yeah. like a live session. And so he, yeah, exactly. the way y'all have the drum rolls that start most of the songs, yeah. it's like, all right, let's get to the, it's like practice. I, I've done live practice yeah. in the studio. Well, you know what, know what I equated to? It's like when you, when you, Recorded an album, and then you go on tour. Yes. By the time you get back from tour, you actually know how the album should sound. Yes. And Very it feels point. like that. Like you, oh, you sure. all had this thing that you've been playing for a while and like figuring it out, and then like you hit the road with it, and now you came it's, back, and it's like boom, this is like the hometown show, and uh, you just recorded that. But with the live energy of yours and the live drums, you got this. This is a jam, live jam system. Like I'm with you, Alaska. It sounds like. These are like full on. Now we're into full rehearsal space where we can do the whole song live and almost mimic the recorded version. And the, and that's that's the that's the way we get the way y'all come in with the drum fills, and then uh, uh, like Zilla's doing his own scratches to his voice. He's mm -hmm. doubling in himself, so it's a lot more organic than um, post production per se. Um, at least yeah, that's how it comes and, uh, out. I kind of took that approach with the production, especially after that first song. I kind of just, I really liked the sound we had where it sounded like a live band on that first song. And then when I, when I was ready to make the beats, um, I had just gotten that J-Zone drum break record in the mail and I started sampling. I was like, man, these drum breaks just sound incredible. And um, it was weird. I really built the beats like around, like not only the, the drum drum breaks but also bass samples like i started with like yeah, bass like I i'd just be searching for like these dirty like rock bass like it wasn't like you know play the bass afterwards it was like the bass was the the bass and the drums were like the star of the show and like i'd nice. try to find stuff to like just eerie like horror sounds to sprinkle on top afterwards so it really had that strong sound which it was just hard bass and hard drums which 
a lot of albums don't have right now. Oh. So was, yeah, it has a bit of like a psych rock feel to it too. Yeah. I mean, I was using more prog rock records, but prog rock, psych rock, it definitely has that yeah. like rock vibe. And it's weird though, like we didn't want to do a rock record, but it just kind of came out that way as right. thinking like what what would what would Moon Knight's theme music be or what would these would the midnight suns sound sound like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah dude like uh, even even right now like millionaire grammar is like probably my favorite beat only because from the first time he sent me the fucking track till now having to mix a master um by rodata shouts to ro that shit was booming in my car from the beginning and i was like yo there's a lot of heavy lowing on that track yo Mm -hmm. like that joint just rocks from the like just it's just hitting and that's the thing it's like usually in this current climate where people are pumping out tons of records and being indie which is yeah dope, things don't have that knock at first they don't have that bro yeah, there's a lot of lock max the master doesn't have like and I, and I like some of these records a lot but i'm listening to them i'm like yo like wh- like wh- wh- when did bass not become a prerequisite for rap it's out? like Weird. it's like stuff became more about a vibe than a knock. yes and if y'all right. remember, all hip hop had a knock. I could, I was just watching a whole bunch of um, Deconstructed. Um, they're making like um, Body at Cardi. They're making uh, Story to Tell. Like a lot of, you know, that on the Genius, that mm-hmm. producer series mm-hmm. where they talk about the song they produce. Um, so I, I'm up to Redbone. But I just, you know, just interesting watching the producers and what they choose to work on first. And a lot of them, even though it's some of his new age stuff, they always, you know, they have a whole drum piece, like the drums and the, and the, and the bass, bass line, whether it's 808. Or something else and because that's um, one thing like most people are just using 808 so yeah. like if you're if you're on that side of, of the aisle you're going 808 heavy 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 but heavy, they also well i would say this they're also um and y'all could tell me i'm no producer they're slaving the 808s to another sign so it's like you get the mm-hmm, but then they'll put something on top of that 808 yes. to create some other melody i'm noticing you, that you could play melodies on an 808 like an actual 808 machine Right. Like the sub bass where you're just having like that hum, like that knock. Mm-hmm. Eight oh eight can have notes. Oh, okay, cool. Sense. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. The eight oh eight can have like a C, a D, an E, F. To go along with the right. With the and then you can just have and then you can have another bass in the song that just hits with the kick. The boom, boom, sh- doom, doom, boom, 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 you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus like mm-hmm. riding up like like if we we listen to fucking the song Poison by Belba the Vogue. Yeah. Yes. There's a melodic 808. Like they're playing the 808 bass. Nice. The bass line, not just like the fucking rattle your windows bass. Does that make sense? So what was different about this though was like I didn't use any 808 bass and I didn't play any any bass synth bass or have any live bass. These were Fire. all bass samples, which is yeah, nice. I think it's unique. I thought that really brought a unique flavor to it. You know what I mean? So I can't play. I mean, I I would. I wish I could play synth and play bass and play like virtual instruments, but I suck at that. I'm a sample based producer, so having to to be able to bring that much depth to it as a sample based producer was, I mean, it was new for me. Because so usually I'll start with the main the main sample and then I'll be, you know, either trying to EQ the sample to bring the bass out of the sample or like having to try to get somebody to play bass on it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. for me to start with the bass really helped uh help to develop the sound of the album that's some paul mccartney shit man he always starts with the fucking <laughs> baseline first does he that's yeah. crazy uh, yeah baseline first i would think it's more of a mingus thing mingus is before paul charlie mingus 
Greatest bass player ever. Paul McCartney's the best songwriter ever. So I, no, I said bass player. Said and if you look at some of the, and if you look at some of the um, music written by Mr. Mingus, get your, get your weight up with me. The most covered song of all time is "Yesterday" by the Beatles. Oh, no, come! What does that mean? What is? What does that mean? What does that mean? Is it a song CNC Music Factory Mingus? Snatch it! Get out of it! All right. <laughs> All right, uh, back to that, Midnight Suns. Enough beers. Well, we're, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna take our first break. Oh, we gotta take our first I break. Right, Midnight Suns ad to be super redundant. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Available now from DJ Chong Wizard and Zilla Rock. Midnight Suns on vinyl, CD, not so much cassette presently. Hoodies, T-shirts, test pressing. Midnight Suns. Nine joints, instrumentals, breaks, and new drums from J-Zone. Features from Castro in Alaska, Billy Woods, Lord Juco, Prem Rock, Denmark Vesey, Nature, Queensbridge, what up? And Malik Blunt, a.k.a. M. Illitan, a.k.a. Malik B. From the legendary Roots crew, Rest in Peace, he is on the record. New album out now at chongwizard.bandcamp.com exclusively. Grab the vinyl. You guys want to hear me on vinyl? My first time ever in my entire life on wax. As a solo artist, I should say. Or in a group project in this sense. So there you go. Midnight Suns is available. We'd love it if you purchase it now. Splat! Call our culture. Back for y'all wanting ears and y'all wandering eyes. Um, I don't know if we did this, but I'm Curly Castro. That's yeah, we Alaska, Zilla Rocker, featuring Chong Wizard tonight as we do live from the line of notes on Midnight Suns. Boom. So Thanks for having I me guess off. this is a question for Chong. Um, can you tell us a little bit like b- more about the concepts behind the artwork for the record? Like, you know, what, what your thinking was behind that? Sort of how all the merch ties together because there's like, you know, different sort of merch packages and themes and ideas behind everything different like alternative covers. So if you could just sort of like give us a little information about that, that'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, with with um, one of the things that comic books has inspired me um, to do with, with the hip hop thing is to do variant covers because one of the ways that mm-hmm. comic books can move more of the same comic book is doing multiple covers. So if you have those diehard fans that are collectors, they're gonna buy two copies of the album or two copies of the comic <laughs> Castro, book Castro, Castro, Castro. <clears throat> Yeah, I have a running account. I'm a Yeah, me too. So it's like a lot of times the variants are way iller than than yes. the uh, the regular, and sometimes there'll be certain artists that are so good that you just collect their covers. Like uh, they'll jumping be on that buy that. Alex Ross. Right now, um, Chong, you're familiar. They're doing the um Alex Ross variants across a bunch yeah, of books. A, I've been complaining about that, saying like. I wish that Marvel would just let Alex Ross do like the inside art on like a full run of a book instead of like him just doing all these variants so that they could sell more comics. It's just like, cause, cause that, that, uh, that immortal Hulk right now, it's like, oh. has so much potential, but it's just, it feels like they just keep fumbling the ball, man. It's like, I love Didn't the Alex- it and has potential, but it's just like, well, what if the art was amazing too? Like, you know, it's like. Didn't Alex Ross do the kingdom comic book? That's his whole, did yeah, he do he that did the whole kingdom book? come. Okay. But that, so, that's I mean, like I, the one big volume he's done so far. Other yeah, than and I mean, cover. I think it's the one book, of those things where it's, it's, tough, it's, tough, it's tough for the like painters to do all the art and all that. And I know it's like time consuming, but it's like, 
It's like, are you trying to make masterpieces? Or are you trying to make like, are you just trying to sell more comics? Every year? So like, <laughs> are you trying to you sell know, circulars? Exactly. Circulars. So anyway, so back to the merch game. It's just like, you know, every time I do an album, I got to have like a certain look and I try to match it up to the music. And um, that Paul Rentler guy that I got to do the main cover and, and the logo, the skull and the Moon Knight logo there. Um, I had been seeing his artwork just on instagram and just like i didn't even realize that he had done some like comic book variants i even owned one of them um and he just had a fresh style and a unique style and it looked almost like old school like punk rock flyers or something like show flyers and he had this whole like photocopy kind of lo-fi um style like even the text on the on the front cover looks like it's label maker text like old school label maker text or right. something it's just so uh, it was just stylish it was a design kind of element like that i just thought fit the aesthetic of kind of the rough around the edges um midnight suns and the whole black and white thing i just thought like it's that's midnight suns black and white like it just it doesn't feel like a colorful like bright happy uh comic book you know what i mean so indeed um and then with the uh with the cassette tapes i just was trying to think of like a unique packaging for doing the cassette tape and i was looking at like when you hold in your hand what is the size of a cassette tape and i was like it looks like a marvel card. cards oh and so so Bang like boom boy. The, the, the cards it really just came together where it's like okay that, any that semi-decent marvel fan i i can't find them right now but i have like a hundred yeah. cards you know, because you and you flip it over it has the um yeah. the power grades like speed, the stats, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. speed, yeah. agility, and power, the height, and height and weight, and all that. Stuff. Yeah, it is great. Oh, if great. you get the uh, if you see the inside cover of our uh, cassette tape, it's the stats, but instead of the stats, it's the track list where the stats. Oh, uh, come yeah. on, y'all, so, yeah. listeners, don't fuck with us. It man. is a worthy investment to invest on your aesthetic. We understand. Yes. That you can take shortcuts, you can get Gary or um uh, was uh, or Sanford to do your artwork <laughs> really quick. My man Sanford, and that's man. fine $40. if you're doing if you're doing some rough and rough and rumble shit. But it is oh. there's nothing. It's almost priceless to invest in your aesthetic. There you go. Speaking of that, we well, are, I have an open mind. We are vinyl purchasers, or at least vinyl um, perusers. All of us have done it. You don't even have to be a crate digger to do it. When you go to buy vinyl, listeners, it is the artwork that attracts you. Vinyl is the biggest medium we have in music. And when you see the way stores, when they open again, how the vinyl is set up, there were many a purchases on my part that were made by, what's this look like? Exactly. And and especially with our places, with our listening stations, you really have to like make a purchase in the dark. Because it's a 50-50 shot. It's like, yo, it could be fucking fire. And if it sucks, I'll frame it anyway because it looks good. It can be the difference, too, between buying the album and not buying the album where it's like, if your album is good, but it has shit art, like, people don't want to buy that because why do they need that piece of shit, piece of art? You know what I mean? If if they like the album and the cover, they love it as well. It's just going to lead them to wanting to buy it. And, like, it's just one of those things where I take pride in my stuff looking good you know what i mean like if i'm gonna go to the effort to make an album i want the fucking the whole shit to look fresh you know what i mean i don't oh, yeah. i no know pen some of pixels? these no pen and I, pixels, I know <laughs> fuck i know some of these guys out there that just they get the fan base and then they start to abuse the fan base like i can just slap whatever cover i want on this and they'll 
pay fucking hundreds for it because I can charge whatever I want. It's like, come on, man. Like, respect your fan base. You know what I mean? Like, Zilla calls the that fans, the tarot you know card right? art. Yeah, tarot, tarot card. Tarot go. card. Just, just, just get we'll get a tarot card and draw a black line over someone's eyes. I, 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 I will say about that, y'all. I just think it's a good aesthetic, if only maybe two or three artists are using it. But the fact, well, that yeah, the problem is you got like fifty artists, too many dudes. Put two, and, too many and shout out to Coppington. He really, you know, he makes his money. He, he knew what he was doing. I give him credit. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's um, it's admirable that y'all y'all make that artistic um staple. Um, statement and I think your um collectors and your fans are you know they'll be grateful for that like yeah, yeah like you're saying the new, album, Sam, the, the new small bills record with a lucid there's no covers like that that thing looks that crazy and that that's crazy. real life that's real that I think that's the guy made that like I think that's a physical piece okay yeah like that's yeah. like like how Ryan Puma does with the paints for Gr- Grilchy Party and for us for Griff Company like this is it's important shit. And when you go to an extra mile, people be like, if you're going to put that much effort in a fucking cover, the record's yeah. got to be crazy. You know what I mean? And, and this is why, like, um, side up. note, I got to advertise for my man. This is why I'm like almost beholden to Quandry, even if, um, as a shout out Quandry. So we have a Medic designer. Supply company. Yep. Medic Supply. And even if Quandry doesn't do the cover himself, we still have him work on the, um, on the minutiae, on the details. I always have him work on the cover. Yeah, he's doing higher gun. We're talking right now. He's doing and, and, he, and he's doing my next solo. Yeah. It's like because you don't. Tr- I don't trust anybody else. I can get somebody else to do what I want. Right. It's probably it's pretty simple. This new record, like what I need adjusted, is pretty simple. But it's about that trust. And I think speaking of trust, y'all fan bases, Zilla, you knew and um, Chong, you re, um, reiterating your fan base. That trust is there, Chong. I see what your fans. I know some of them people buy ad nauseum blind. It's purchased. They don't. They didn't hear anything. They saw the dope artwork on the pre-order or not pre-order on the um, previews. How you do when you um, when you leak out certain items and they just boom because you have built that great trust with them. You did a great series, the Stones, the Smitties, that's great series, and then that just kept reiterating it, the the, the quality and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I commend y'all. I think that's I think that's pretty important. Like like we're saying, you could you could, you could cut corners. Anybody can cut corners. You know what right. I'm saying? Your fan base is your fan base, but rewarding your fan base that keeps them around for the next two or three LPs. It does, man. I mean, it's what, important. It's, it's very important, re- rewarding the fan base, because think of yourself as a customer. You go to a store that fucks you over, or like you get bad service, or... Never going back again. You're not going back there, so it's like with me. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I have to. Like it's, it's not like I'm trying. It's like I have to deliver for my fans, because I know as a, as a business, that's, that's what it is. You know what I mean? That's how you bring them back. You know what I mean? And I love that, that they're finally getting to that level of trust. I think it was around like the summer when people started saying that, like, I had never heard of Lord Juco, but I bought that White Walls album and it was incredible. And I was like, it looks wow, great. Like, first of all, that's the, that's the level I want to get to is where it's just, you know, Chung, that looks beautiful. That's a, that's a beautiful piece. Like the oh, yeah. variants. Lord Juco. That looks gorgeous. I'm not gorgeous. Like, like you walk by one of them classic cars, like woohoo! But you know you can't afford. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's fresh. Yeah, I don't know who did the cover on that, but shout out whoever did the cover on that one. Um, Juco handled that, but it, it came together, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to be able to build the label and, and the brand, and the, that the fans are starting to take notice. Fuck yeah! Dope. Go ahead, last. 
backwards. Sorry, I was just looking at the Lord Jugo covers. Um, <laughs> but it, it's interesting because I, I was thinking, while well, you guys were talking, I was thinking about when I was growing up, I was a big Iron Maiden fan. Uh, and so much of it was based on the, the vinyl record covers. Ooh. And they put out every single single had a unique cover. Ooh. And it was the same artist drawing the same shit every single time, same character. And it was like, it's just like, boom. It was almost like what you guys were comic books. Like I had to just keep adding to my collection to make sure I had every single piece nice. as a collector. There you go. And I'll say Miles Davis covers are like that for me. You know, those are very like. Yeah, artistic. and on that Iron Maiden shit. Like I had an Iron Maiden t-shirt like that I was rocking like, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. And I wasn't even like a huge fan of their music, but the shirt was just so fresh. I was just like, damn, like <laughs> this, that's what it is. You know, you, yeah. art quality. Just great design, great art. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if you ever get a chance, just go through like their early works, like probably from like the first the first debut album through like somewhere in time. Mm. All the artwork in the single is fucking bananas, and it's like it keeps building on each other, and it's like all the things that happen to this character. Like by the time you get to somewhere in time, it's like sort of this like Blade Runner futurescape with oh, that character as an assassin. And it's Ooh. like throughout the whole artwork, there's like little references to all of their past work. So like if oh, you're a fan. Funny. You just look at that cover for hours on end and be like, oh shit, that's from this record. That's this song. That's this song. That's you know, that's so pretty fun. dope. They're, they're, still, uh, they're still selling that merchandise. Like I've saw like action yeah. figures of that character mm-hmm. being sold this year. Yeah, so it's still going. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the longevity of it. I mean, yeah, I'd like to find an artist that I could do that with. But the problem with hip hop is um, guys find out who do your covers and then they go get somebody to do the, the cover. You know what I mean? And then it's like, yeah. I can't have my shit all looking exactly the same, especially if I'm doing different style projects with, with Iron Maiden. They've got their sound. They're going to do their sound so they can have the yeah. same art. But with me, I'm, I'm all over the place. I can do, like with hip-hop, you can do soul, funk, jazz, rock, yes, fucking any, any, anything. You know what I mean? You can go all kinds of directions with hip-hop. So you got to have that versatility on the art. You know what it reminds me and- of? The biggest air ball in art, modern rap art history Ooh. was the fucking Wu Massacre where the art was Oof. so incredible. incredible. They had the Raekwon cover, the Ghostface cover, the Method Man cover. It's they a, had it's the a, Marvel dudes drawing that shit before Marvel yeah. was all in on rap. As like they I'm thinking it's a prominent artist. Either like Art Adams like, or somebody we know. Like somebody's name we know. The fucking sure. build up to that record, they had like the seven motif with the trailer. Yeah, album drops and it's all Lucy's and bullshit. Oh, and they did all them gold watch videos. Remember, it was all those gold watch yeah, videos. Like, oh no, it was Rick Cordero videos. Cordero, Cordero, Cordero yeah. videos redoing the movie Seven, but trying to find the Wu Massacre. Quote and then the first single is the some weirdo singing, flipping fucking Michael Jackson, like <laughs> some Jackson Five shit. And then the rest of the album is like the only thing I remember about that album is songs in the Method world. Man in that horrible single. Not kicking his boots to knock the snow off. I have no idea why that's the um, only thing that sticks in my head. Remember that weird single with the song and Raekwon yeah. and the girl and you get arrested? Yeah, they made like a love song. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, what the? F- You're calling it Wu Massacre. You have all, and again, the same thing about collectors, like John was saying. There was when they had different weapons. They yeah, were going I had, I had a ghost, ghost. There was a ghost face one where he's sitting there with a giant hockey mask and like, yes. And then there's more Raekwon. He's got a giant butcher blade and a Method Man smoke. It's those covers were amazing. Like, and they're way better than the fucking record, which is pathetic. But I would still want that artwork. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but I would, mm-hmm. I would never. I re- want to like, 
I remember the artwork. I just I don't even really remember the album. Nah, there's no the there's no so... memorable songs. There's no memorable songs at all. Um, garbage. Yeah, dope. All right, let's um let's hit another break. Sweet. And then I'm, I'm um, the art again right now, man. This we can come back and talk some lyrics. When the alien mimics invade, small pros just one of many recruits shoved into a suit battle armor called a jacket and sent out to kill. Small Poe died in the battlefield, only to be reborn each morning to fight and die again and again. On his 158th iteration, he gets a message from a mysterious ally, the neighborhood rebel known as Curly Castro. Is he the key to Small Poe's escape or his final death? Blue Edwards, y'all. Small Pro, Curly Castro. You know what it is. Record. Shablow, shablang, shaboyang, shabayang, the bayang. I just learned about that song. So, the bayang. This is girl. She made this real uh, ratchet song about bangs. It's hilarious. Yes, no, it's B A Y A N G. The bayang. The The bayang. She says it like the bayang. This this is some white people shit in Philly. You don't know about this. It's called um, uh, white girls in Philly would have a thing called the Northeast Rake. You know what the Northeast Rake is? <laughs> what? Like, uh, listen, Northeast I can't see my face. What? What? What is that? The Northeast Rake is when white girls would have the bangs over them, and they would fucking hairspray it to where it was so stiff the bangs you could rake them, and it was girls in the Northeast. <laughs> and underneath the fucking Northeast Rake, their foreheads were all pimpled out from all the fucking hairspray. <laughs> wow. Yo, bang, yo. Let's, let's That's not. That's some real Guido shit, shit, man. Let's not that's Irish shit. That's viewers. Irish shit, Polish Bangs. shit, Italian that's crazy. shit, all that shit. It's Northeast Philly. It's called Northeast Rake. The, Northeast the Bayang. Philly. The Bayang is the Northeast Rake, y'all. The Northeast Check Rake. That out. That is, yeah, we ain't even putting that in the Patreon. Y'all getting that one for Yeah, shouts to Oxy. Cleared out that Northeast Rake fucking mess up right there. Wow. All right, boom. Um, there's a lot of amazing guests on the record. Um, Malik B, rest in peace. Nature, me, and um, Alaska. Lord Juco, Billy Woods. Um, so the bar count is high. There's a lot of sharp blades on here. So we, we're going to talk about a lyric or two that we enjoyed. And my lyric was, again, Mark Spector's theme was like such a set off for me for the project. Hearing the song early, bothering Zilla, pressing, uh, pressing his last nerve. So they say I'm Batman on crack. That is my line. Would you please expound <laughs> to the listener? In fact, give the um, give the two lines before that, just so uh, they know how it leads into. Because there's a good lead-in. I forget I though. The, what the fuck's the lead-in? Uh, uh, that's all right though, because I know that the next thing that's I'm Batman on crack. That's all right. Yeah, though. Uh, they say I look like Batman on, on crack. crack. That's all right. I'm trying to think of it. I can't remember the lead-in. But anyway, expound on that. Z. Um, it was just some. When I wrote that shit, you know, yeah, I, like it either takes me a hot minute to write some shit, or I could just roll and fucking and like you know, and like twenty twenty five minutes, you know what I mean? Like I'm just heat maker. That's what I say. I said. I said, Mister <laughs> White, say good night. I'm on to that. People say you look like Batman on crack. That's I. There's a cold life and loaded dice. Face it, all your idols end up like Bo Bice. Uh. Looking for the lame who took a life at the luncheon. I'd rather take a punch to block it. I have 
crazy vision Like Dennis Cole's a 95 or Luka Doncic My conscience though won't let me let you go They call me crazy like it's etched in stone Back in the backseat driven by a French butler Deal for Dolo, my friends will tell you yo. So Mr. White is what they call him in the Warren Ellis book Where he wears the white suit, the shirt and tie, the fucking mask and he's kind of like Batman, where, where the police would fucking let Batman investigate the crime scenes and shit. You know what I mean? So when Batman is an actual detective, which he is, they'll be like, you know, him looking at the fucking DNA on the walls and surmising this, surmising that. So in the Warren Ellis run, they did that with him and they would call him Mr. Knight. They wouldn't call him Moon Knight. So I would say Mis- Mr. Knight. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And the, I said Mr. White Sagan Knight. I'm on to that. But I, I said Mr. White by accident. I fucked up. Mr. White Sagan Knight. I'm on to that. People say you look like Batman all crap. So that, that's like me, you know, on some Humpty Hump shit, having fun. Like, you look like MC Hammer on crack, Humpty. I thought like, <laughs> <laughs> put that shit in there to oh, say, like, shit. you look like Batman on crack. Like, because he, everything about him is Mar- Marvel's version of Batman, but right. it's slick. Not like, okay, not instead of Batman, he's fucking Wombat Man or some shit. Right. With right. Brown instead of, you know. So they're like, well, he'll wear all fucking white. And he's got, instead of Alfred, he's got a butler named Frenchie. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker around. And for all the listeners, there was a lot of borrowing between the lines of DC and Marvel. So mm-hmm. don't be like, oh, I know that, like, uh, Mr. Plastic, oh, excuse me, Plastic Man and Mr. Fantastic. There's a lot I'm of borrowing. It, man. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a lot of borrowing across the line. Um, yeah. I mean, so you look at... Deathstroke and Deadpool are like almost the exact same. <laughs> Deathlock, hello, Deathlock, Deadshot. Dead, yep, Deathlock, Deadshot is a lot of these similar dude. things. Um, you know, well, who was the it Superman? Was a, it was like a war. It's not really. What? There's no real. There's no real Superman in Marvel. Hyperion. I know, but that's like yeah, 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 yeah. But you, you get Hyperion. what I'm saying. Like as far as a main character, there's yeah. no like. There's no main parallel. Now no. Batman, Wonder Woman, all there's parallels to all yeah. that. But I think. Uh-huh. Like, I, you know, my thing with Superman kind of be is, like a, a Superman character. Superman is more well, he's like more Norse god than um, red, red, white, and green. I'm like a flag. It's very mm-hmm. North American, okay. and um, I mean, Captain, Captain America, America, but Captain not. America and Spider Man are both very red, white, and blue too. Yeah. Right. Spider Man and Superman are kind of parallels. I mean, they're t- totally different characters, but I mean, they're both kind of like, of like the flagship red, white, and blue characters. Right? The moral center. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're both like reporters, right? They're both yep. like journalists. Yeah, so. good, good, good pull. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of mixtures, and so that I, I like that that line alluded to that, and it's a it's a chuckle, laugh out loud line, and it's like yeah. even if you don't know Moon Knight, I'm pretty sure you know Batman, and if you right. know if you know Batman, you might have known somebody on crack. You put there the two you. together, <laughs> and then, actively and, on crack. Yeah, there you go. It's a one to one correlation. <laughs> <laughs> That man on crack would be a good episode. You know what I mean? Like, that man it would be. Let's see that shit. <laughs> what do you got, Lance? So I actually have a question about a line um, that went from college, wash dishes, and use palm olive. Yeah, that's a play on we eat fish, toss salads, and make rap ballads, right? Now it's a play. Really? On, it's a play on Jay Z. Bring it on. Due to knowledge, due to some knowledge, I'm due to the knowledge. Due to the knowledge, due to knowledge. Oh, I, so I, I really thought I cracked the code. What's, what's that was a good pull though. It's got the same exact flow. Yes. Well then Jay Z. I was didn't even see that. that. That's tight. I didn't yeah. I didn't even catch that. I was so. I was listening to Jay when he says, What's the line? I'm I'm gonna find the whole thing. But it's it sounds like that, like that pacing. 
Yeah. Meat fish. Yeah. He says, uh, what, what's the J line where he says, I, I just repurposed the whole shit when he says, uh, do, do the knowledge, do the knowledge. I always I do back. love that. I do love that ghost face line though. And that whole song. Yeah, it's so good. Incredible. That, yeah, J, yeah. Jay says, do the knowledge, do the few dollars. I'm due to demolish cruise Brooklyn through Hollis to a hood near you. What the fuck? So I say, whatever the fuck I say, do the knowledge, wash dishes and use Palmolive. Your neighborhood is due for demolish. Just to demolish. Dollars. That was my hope shit. That's my hope shit. Yeah. All so right. I got to do that a lot through the whole record. Like you, you kind of pull like, and it's one of the things I like about you as a writer, like you pull images out of rap songs and repurpose them for your storytelling purposes. Always. Yeah. Always. So like, have to do that. What, what is that all about? Um, it's funny because fucking uh, I didn't do that for years. Because I remember there was a, there was a year where it was probably like twenty ten or eleven where I was like, "Yo, no more, no sports references, no jokes, none of that." Really? Be like, what oh, project yeah. is that? What project? From Shadowboxers, I was like, a- okay. after when I started the second, I was just like, "Yo, I'm gonna be like a very like focused, abstract, like poignant dude." And so I purposely didn't do that shit for a long time. And then once we started really getting back in the woods on uh, everything after history will absolve me. And then Elucid, I started catching them doing that shit. And I was like, yo, <laughs> wait a second. You avant-garde motherfuckers are saying old fucking common lyrics and you're, you're using old Nori lines and you're, you're referencing a fucking NFL dude from six years ago. I was like, oh, word. And then so I was like, oh, fuck that. I know a lot of that. So I was kind of sitting on that shit. That's when, that's when me and Z were out in the cold and he tagged me. He's like, Mortimer. Yeah. He looked in the bag. He's like, we're back. Like there's a, <laughs> yeah, like there, there's a joint I did on, uh, on, on Prem's album, uh, Mark's Wild Years, where, where Woods rhymed on my beat. I didn't know Woods yet. And he says, uh, I was there in the war room when they drafted Brandon Whedon. And I was like, one of the illest. Brandon Whedon. This is the cool worst quarterback in the world. I'm like, why would you put that? This, I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. That's the funniest shit in the world. So now it's kind of like a, a little thing between us to have, you know, sports lines. But then with the rap shit, it was just like, I don't know about you guys, like listening to rap my whole fucking life. I just, I'll just have, I'll wake up and just have lines in my head from random fucking rap songs for no reason. Like, Oh, depending on the rhyme? When I'm yeah, writing a rhyme, just, just I'll hear like, somebody else's yeah, wow, like you'll hear works. that shit. Yep. Yeah, yep. so like, so I'll always think about, you know, what 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 could be repurposed as a, a chorus, perhaps, or what? Why do I like this thing? I keep that's like, why is this stuck in my head, and why do I? So I kind of like deconstruct it. So when I'm making the songs now, it's like it's pretty commonplace when people they'll use like Jay Z kind of gave everybody a free pass when he started using every fucking Biggie line, every Pac line. He, but he I was, remember that was big. Like, there's, what, like, there's a simplicity to the way that Biggie does it, and there's like more complexity to the way like it's repurposed. It's almost like watching like a home improvement show, and they're like repurposing the shiplap from another house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. to yeah, make exactly. something completely new. Exactly. Versus like, just like I'm referencing Biggie, this line that you all know. Right. Like Biggie, like is the greatest at like the simple, super catchy bouncy flow that's super slick and then J- once jay started paying homage to him starting on but he did that heavy one. on um on like blueprint. no the one one of the blueprints he's like like remember the first song that's biggie ormit the remember that first song no, is no, about that's, blue, that's blueprint too yeah it was all okay. dream yeah 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 that yeah that oh. song that, that yeah album, so like he's, now he's it's lifting like lifting a lot of biggie lines because he you know yeah, like, even said, like, i can't um, i have access i'm jay-z right 
So even like on the new fucking Willie the Kid album I'm listening to today, where he he goes through and does the whole fucking Nas shit, and the Lex watching Kathy Lee and Regis. My actions are ones with the season. Oh wow! He ends his whole bar saying the Nas shit from fucking it was written. So I was wow. like, on my end, and like if if I'm writing some shit and those lines pop up, instead of being like, no no no, go over there, get the fuck out of my space. I like welcome it, and I'm like, yo. Come the funny in. thing about that, Z, is so many artists we talk to, we've had on the show, um, and other friends, other artist friends of ours, a lot of people talk that, um, I can't listen to nothing while I'm making a record shit. Right. Now, right. I'm not knocking you, I, I understand, but at the same time, we're always listening to records when we're, ma- right. when we're not making shit. I listen to hip-hop ad nauseum, those lines are in me, so I'm not one of those cats, my style is pretty standard, though. I don't think my flow does anything special, so I'm not really gonna, like, I'm listening to a lot of Aesop Rock, you're not going to hear like Aesop Rock in that record. Right. You know, um, the intentions, maybe I'll get the intentions. I might want to be intense like Chuck D or, you know what I'm saying, laid back by something like somebody else. But like, usually that stuff doesn't leak into me. So I listen to everything. In fact, I'm the opposite. I, I listen to more music when I'm making stuff. Like, I want all that inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have yeah. that line on, um, on one of Blood Money's projects, I don't remember. And it's like, how many mics can cast rip on the deli? Many yep, money, many. Me, yeah. many money. Me say many, many, many. Yeah. No, my, you my, open up by wait. What's the one song you open up by saying? Ooh, ah, uh, mama, It's the same way when you go back and listen to every rapper record from the fucking '90s. They're all singing '70s shit. They're all yeah. saying old fucking commercials. Well, I took that from old records. Yeah, like, but it's, it's, but it's you know it's, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, once I did on the career record and people like let it roll with me. I was I was with it. What's up, John? Yeah, I was just say yeah. Definitely, when you mentioned the seventies, so there'll be rappers re uh, repurpose. Like, look at old Karis One, like on that whole Criminal Minded album. Like, he's repurposing like old like pop rock mm-hmm. songs, like Beatles and like oh my god, you know, all kinds of stuff like over and over again. But mm-hmm. I mean, I like it when a rapper does it cleverly, and I do like when you when you reference hip hop and sports, Zillow. So you need to keep doing that shit, man. Like <laughs> Thanks, the sports bro. references too. There was that one. Yeah. It wasn't on our album, but it was on the uh, Infinity Stones where you had that. You had like multiple Villanova lines that were just like double entendres or oh, like Mikhail double Bridges. meaning lines. Yeah, yeah and like I didn't even like I love college basketball. I couldn't even remember who Mikhail Bridges was, so I had to look it's it up. Then cool, when, I, when I I don't watch basketball as much as I used to. Uh, the NBA for some reason just fell off to me. Know. Like I'm more of an NFL guy these days, but like back in the day, like I'll still watch <laughs> college basketball, but like. Back in the day, I was way more into it, but just even here. Yeah, we'll your, pull a we'll pull a Lou Rowe reference out on your ass. Lou yes, Rowe. we will. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. Wait till the record crew record drop. Yeah. Like we 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 take that very seriously. I love that shit. You know, I, mean? I love the, I love the sports references. I think like it's like Action Bronson's a master of that he's always on the baseball like obscure '80s baseball references and shit. You know what I mean? But uh, I love that shit in sports. You know, what I mean? even Cool Keith, he was. He was always deadly with the with the references, you know. What I mean, <laughs> I think that's an important thing of being a good rapper is having good references, not just yeah, like definitely. ones that people oh, understand, yeah. but oh, like yeah. deep dive and like Serengeti and his, cool his Chicago ones. shit. Yeah. Serengeti is really dope with Denny He and 
His Bulls and Cubs and like any Chicago team. I I found it. It's it's on index finger. Me and Castro and I was like, "You want some image shit?" And we just wild storm. Take it to the bank. Mikael Bridges final four. Like a gym shooter plus I'm gym shooter. That means the editor in chief. So I blocked your release like 50 did Styles P. The irony is that my enemies still paying me like Steve Dicko and Stan Lee. We were valiant Wildcats 10 deep crammed inside a Camry. No bank loans and popped off like Durango in my silver age. Well, you did the Wildcats line too, where it was like wild, you're talking Wildcats, mm-hmm. like the comic book, but the comic also book the and Villanova Wildcats. <laughs> so it was nice. just like... <laughs> Philly. I mean, I only know so much about Philly sports, but I mean, I, I love it how you just know so much about it. You know what I mean? Oh, Zill is good for some. And, and the impressive thing is like the super layered reference too. That's yeah. the best part. Wow, that's yeah. weird. I got a verse coming out with a pretty good sports reference. I hope so. I hope so. I'm not telling y'all where it's going to be, but I hope it hits. I did it very deliberately, so it, who's I, what's what's y'all sports teams? I know, I know. Um. um Alaska's a Jets fan, and yeah. I feel sorry yeah. for you. I'm sorry. I'm a Jets fan. We're about to have the number no. one pick. I'm a Jets fan, hopefully, too. Uh, hopefully they pick the right guy. You know what I mean? You know I, what yeah, I mean, right. well, they almost <laughs> fucking blew it last night. I'm like, really? The one, on, one of the most enjoyable parts of being a Jets fan is the circus that is the draft. You don't know what <laughs> is happening. You don't – high-ranked players, none of that matters to us. Nothing that matters. Yeah. Not one. We don't look at a board. We but don't look at it. I'm just happy the new GM is not picking defensive linemen with every first pick. Oh my god! How many years ago? How many years in a row did we do that? Brick Shaw Ferguson? Is that your man? Oh, stop! Yeah, it. Don't the ever. Brick, the brick oh, was a god. cornerstone. How dare you? I love the brick did you know he was named after the Reverend in the Thornbirds? What? He was a lie. Are you serious? Swear to God. Wow. I got to look all of that up. Brick yeah. Ferguson. I'll just call him Brick. Yeah. But it's D apostrophe. Yeah. His mom was like, look, yeah. this is going to be a name. I'm serious. <laughs> so what about you and what about you and Castro, though, Zilla? You guys, like, all Philly, just every Philly nah, team? Nah, is just no, I'm not even from here. Squats. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, not from I'm here. Squats. I am from here. I don't I don't really have any excuses. It's just my, my, my pop. My, my dad is not from Philly. So he raised me a fucking Chicago Bears fan. And I don't even watch yeah. football, but I got I got so much bear shit in my house everywhere. Yeah. And then and then he this is funny. Well, my dad, this is so fucking stupid. My dad was eight. He lived outside of he lived like two and a half hours outside of Philly, like in Central PA. So my my aunt claimed the Steelers, which made sense because yeah, close to the Pittsburgh towards out there. My uncle mm-hmm. claimed the Redskins because that was right below them. DC. My dad, my dad claimed the fucking Bears because he loved Gale Sayers, and he was just like roll with that forever. <laughs> there he, it he is. Raised me. I had a bear satin jacket, like in fucking grade school, like the button up joints, the Mike, Mike Dicka joints. But the the fucking Eagle Stadium is two minutes from my house, so like the, the Eagles were always like my periphery team. So like when they won the Super Bowl, I was like fucking super ecstatic. But it wasn't like if the Eagles and Bears play, I'm rooting for the Bears first, which is fucking crazy. But I've I've been to Soldier Field twice. I've been to Chicago. I love it. And then baseball, even crazier. My dad grew up a fucking Dodgers fan because the same year, Sandy Koufax was on top of the world. So then my, my dad, my whole life, is fucking Dodgers everywhere. So same thing. I would go to a million Phillies games as a vet. I, I'm, I'm right, I live right by the Phil Stadium. When the Phillies won the fucking World Series, I was so excited for everybody. When the Dodgers just won, I was on the phone with my father. Like, as soon as they beat the fucking Rays, I'm on the phone with my dad. So it's like – nice. It doesn't it's even make any to, sense. It makes no sense. It's and similar to my baseball story. 
because my yeah, dad's New a Giants York is fan. Fuck. You're New York as fuck. No, I know, but my dad was a Giants fan. He was a New York Giants fan. Ah, yes. When they, when they, when they, they he stayed, oh, he stayed okay. a Giants fan, so mm-hmm. he was a San Francisco Giants fan. Uh, I live like so, four blocks from Ebbetsfield. They got the high Yeah, so we didn't have any, like, baseball affiliation because I could never watch San Francisco Giants games back in the day. Right. Uh, and I went to Boston as a kid, and I went to, like, I stayed in, like, Cape Cod, and they have a summer league out there where it's like all the minor league players play. And Carl Yashremsky's son yes. was on the team in the town that we stayed in. And I met him when I was like five years old. <laughs> and he became my favorite baseball player, so I became a Red Sox fan. You oh, fucking bastard, okay? Me and Alaska <laughs> are now blood feuding. I am a Yankees fan since I was six years old when we used to be horrible. Um, I can't even look at you right now, Alaska. I really can't. You know I'm I was like, a Red Sox fan. I, but then I didn't, I didn't hear you say it out your mouth. Like, that's like, <laughs> ugh, like curse words. It's like, ugh, it's like the hot wings. Yeah, you know? like messing with you. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, um, I was a Yankee fan since I, I was like six. I was, uh, I started off as, oh, it's hard, y'all. I started off as a Knicks fan. Yeah. Until um, being a Knicks fan, I started developing medical problems. Not a joke. True. This is real. This is very true. I used to, I used to watch Knicks games, and my nerves were so shot, I didn't even notice it until like the uh, second finals run, the '99 run. Yeah. Um, because I was I I I divorced them by then. So when I was first watching them in the '90s, mid '90s, that Charles Smith shit, Sean, <laughs> my hands used to um shake the whole game. They were so fraught. And Ask you didn't him know what team was is happening. right now. Ask him this Brooklynite West Philly is team is. As an, as so, an adult, so I'm going to get through it. Let me get through it. So I was a Knicks fan until we got to a point where I said out loud out my window in Brooklyn, if we don't get rid of John Starks, I will not be a Knicks fan again. <laughs> and they re-signed him like one year. And I left. I said, that's enough. I can't do it. And so then um, I was kind of floating free agent. I was a big fan of the Lake Show because I was a fan of Nick Van Exel. So I went where he went. And then destiny hit, and Scott Brooks became the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> formerly of the Seattle Supersonics. And since then, Thunder up. I've been a loyal Thunder fan. I think that's Great my up. biggest fandom right now. It is. Yo, me and this motherfucker went to a Sixers game two, three years ago. It was in Bede's first game. They were playing the Thunder, right? Westbrook. What was the line I kept saying? Wait, wait. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what you said. This this proves this dude's loyalty. We're, we we our our seats were eleven rows behind the basket. He saw an OKC Thunder writer walk by. He was like, "Yo, Royce!" He was shouting at an OKC beat writer. I knew that. And then I then I tweeted him. I said, "I just saw you." He's like, "Oh, you should have." He tweeted back. He's like, "Oh, you should have pointed me out. I didn't know where he was because the uh, reporter's row was like right below us in the next section. Yeah, this motherfucker's into it. I know that. I lo- I know all the beat writers. I don't even know when the beat writers leave and go like to Golden State or like Tampa Bay. Fucking bulls. Like, yeah, fuck y'all. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you said you said Nick Van Exel and the uh, Lakers yeah. because that's around the time I became a Lakers fan. Oh, oh, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Sabalos, Cedric Sabalos squad. Anthony before Pilla, then, I was, prob- I was probably Campbell. a Sonics. I was probably a Sonics fan before you that. Had to be a Sonics like, fan. Oh, because great. of uh, Kemp, Kemp and Peyton, and Thank I mean, I was in great. the Northwest, right? Michael Kemp, Kemp and uh, but then, you know, I mean, we got the Grizzlies in Vancouver, but it was so hard to be a fan for them right from the gate with Tony the big country. We used to, we used to go to those games and just boo big country, but oh yeah, uh, the pal- oh y'all didn't get pal till no, that was Memphis, and then I. 
that's when they moved. Okay. And my pops, my pops lived in Southern California, so like when I went and visit him, it would always be Lakers. Everything, you know what I mean? We went to the Lakers, um, Lakers or Celtics game in '96 at the Forum. Ooh. Kobe's Kobe and Shaq's first year. I don't know if Kobe Damn. played in that game, but Joe I mean, Harris. He was coming off the bench. Was he was coming like, off the bench. I mean, Antoine Walker was was the rookie for the Celtics. Yep. I remember that. And was, he probably took twenty shots. Game, but I, I, oh, man. <laughs> Eighteen threes. It was, it was just it was a good time, man. Uh, I loved being a Lakers fan. I mean, at this point, it's weird. Like they won this year, I just did not care because I'm not really a LeBron fan. I mean, I'm happy uh, for him, but it Yo, just bro. didn't like. No I don't watch. Suns too. No Midnight Suns. I don't too. watch. We're done. Uh, we're done. I just don't even watch. Uh, I don't watch the NBA that much anymore. I don't know what happened. The game got soft to me. Like, uh, here we go. Shit, what are you, you know my know fucking I mean? uncle on Facebook. Get out of here. Yeah. I, uh, all, serious, they man, like, all they NBA do is shoot is threes. Is. All they do is shoot threes. It is. It's the best sport going. It's the best sport on TV. It's the best sport going. I like it. I like the NFL right now. Man, I gave up the NFL four years ago. I don't know what's going on. I'm a fucking Broncos fan since the '80s. Oh, wow. oh, when they get smacked, when they get smacked by the, the Niners, those horrible Super Bowl scores. No, well, it was it was a horrible start because I think the first Super Bowl I ever saw was the Redskins one. They lost to the Redskins and they got just as humiliated yeah, by the hammered by the Niners. Uh, Mark Rippin, then, Mark Rippin. The, Mark Rippin. The, the, the Niners game they were down twenty eight. The payoff though, the Niners, 97, the Niners back to back. When was the last time yeah, anyone yeah. won back to back Super Bowls? Yeah. Man, that was epic. Terrell, Who was that, Terrell uh, Davis? Terrell Davis? Terrell Davis in L.A., man. Shannon Sharp. Yeah. You guys and, actually uh, played the Jets in the AFC Championship game that one year. We almost and, won. Uh, yeah, we were up like 10 going into the half, and then immediately it fell apart. I was like, Vinny Testicle Tuesday. Excuse Watch your mouth. talk about green. Don't you ever talk about the legend. Watch your damn mouth. Vinny Testicle Tuesday. Get the fuck out of here, Well, Alaska, did he wear the gloves? Or was some who did Vinny wear the gloves? Or um, was that Vinny was Pennington wore the gloves? Sad was Sad Pennington. He needed to keep his hands warm to throw fucking six. Excuse you. How many? How many Excuse teams you. did he play for, man? How many teams? Pennington did he play Vinny? For? Vinny? Vinny? No, Vinny. He was, he was on the like Buccaneers. He was on a bus. Started with the Buccaneers. I think. Browns. No, I, I think I don't know if he played with the Browns. I think you might be confusing him with Browns. Bernie Kosar. No, the, I, I think, no, I think Vinny was like backing up. He was on the Browns. He was like a backup. Yeah, he was on the Browns. He did some backup years. Yep. Yeah, he did some backup yep. years mm-hmm. until baseball, he came to the Jets and found his destiny. I never really, I had really had a baseball year that he went down in the first half. Oh, and a non-contact man. injury. I was like, oh. We were going all the way. Yeah, he yo, Vinny did, he did three years in Cleveland. <laughs> then Baltimore. Yeah. Then <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he was – he wasn't a starter until, like, maybe the last year. I think he was, like, backing up, Bernie. No, he started. Uh, yeah, he started. Yeah, no, he started. He was a starter right. three years in Cleveland. All right, let's um, – uh, Real I, quick, I man. Us. We're talking about <laughs> no, Vinny Testaverde and shit. Yo, man. Yo, this, this is, great this is the line. Yo, shouts to um, Free Music Empire. Shouts to Dan O. He quoted my favorite – that was an amazing review. He quoted my favorite lyric where when I said it, I was like, yo, these motherfuckers are yeah. at me. But no one said shit to me. And I was like, that's cool. Or and I was like, this is John Wallace played for the orange midget. I had that millionaire grandma while these socialists are arguing. Shut the fuck up. Cause 10 years ago, you had some gold teeth and pimp cup. Lick the nuts, acting like you wouldn't snatch the fucking bag off that Brinks truck. You fake woke, cause you always been broke. You fake deep, cause you don't even read. I'm about the 80s, 60s cats like Sean Price and motherfucking Jake Reed. I'm doing super sets. That is my, that, that, that is everything about how I felt the last two. I love it. I love that I wrote that. I love no one said shit to me. I love that. that was tight. The fake woke, the fake woke because you always been broke. Fake Straight up. Because you don't even read is so real because there's For so real. many guys. 
it's just it's the epitome of so many dudes that are exactly <laughs> all right that i have guy. to put it on the record i have to put it on the record i do i have to put it on record on our podcast i do not agree with my co-host's opinion of the term woke or the practice i have a different opinion of it um but i curly castle does not you're not fake woke. It, Curly Castro. Yeah, it's, it's the performative woke. That's okay, troubling. fair enough. I, yes, I, exactly. My problem with woke starts with the appropriation because yeah. the being woke used to be being conscious and it meant something when it was yeah. being right. gaining your consciousness, like sure. awakening, you know, but we're, you know, 2020. So what they did first was, what do we do? You abbreviate everything, right? So you mm-hmm. change it from being awoken or being conscious to woke. Oh, that sounds cooler. It's four right. letters. I can put it on a t-shirt. Right. Then everybody started claiming, I'm woke. Hey, uh, I just read uh, France tonight. I'm woke. Right. Uh, Jaleel Cabron, I'm woke. And that's, I don't like any of that. But, no, but I'm talking about people that don't even read that. No, I get that. <laughs> like I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. The appropriation has me sour. And then that's why I don't even like talking about it. Because when they appropriated and they abbreviated, they made the process shortened too. Because for me to gain my consciousness, I had to go to three years of college. I had to read ad nauseum outside of school just because you wanted an understanding of things going on. Then you could say I'm gaining some type of consciousness when you finally had some semi-understanding, middling mastery of what you were reading. Just because I have an aha moment or a light bulb over my head does not constitute whoa, there's way more work that's involved. And that's my big problem with it. But yeah, right now you see a lot of people who are like at the very initial stages of like even realizing there's a problem in the world. Yes. And they're basically, instead of having somebody, instead of admitting like, shit, I didn't know this. I need to like go find out some things. I need to check myself and see what's wrong with me. They're like, you motherfuckers need to do the work and read this book that I read this one time. (laughs) Check out my Instagram story. (laughs) It's like, you were just posting about beer for the last nine years. And suddenly it's like, (laughs) Robin DiAngelo is the only book you know. It's like, calm down, motherfucker. Yes, and, definitely and people getting hyped off and learning new knowledge. Yes, what I'm sir. talking about in the song is you fake what I'm like 10 years ago you had a gold teeth and pimp cup licked the nuts. My, I said that to say these are the same dudes that were at the fucking Hollertronics party and all the fucking hipster parties <laughs> drinking fucking um, cold 45 mm-hmm. and not fucking putting deodorant on smelling like shit and everybody who was at Philly hipster parties knew it smelled like a fucking drinking that old billy. It Give me a like cold shit. billy. That's what they call all the hipster billy. parties. Right. So now all these same cats that were stealing fucking music and oh Gucci Mane, he's the fucking cool. All these dickhead white dudes are like, oh Gucci Mane, he's the best. Well, that shit. They're the first one to say to you, uh, don't don't you're 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 body shaming the president. Uh, delete that tweet, motherfucker. You're the one playing young bloods all day. And if a black person walked by, you'd be like, you'd fucking cower in the corner if a black person was in the same store as you. You'd be shook on the ground pretending to tie your shoes. That's you who I'm talking about saying ten years ago you had a gold teeth and pimp cut lick the nuts like that shit is corny to me. I, I, I'm all about growth and people changing and finding a higher. But yeah, co-opting it, and making it like um, yes, woke is like um, it's a fad. Like putting a, putting on, a quarter on in a gumbo album. machine. On cargo cold dog woke's a new mixtape. Alaska said it. I don't even yes. have to say that shit. You know what I mean? Putting a quarter in a gumbo machine, getting an instant <laughs> result. That's how people feel like woke. Right. I can pay twenty five cents, turn the crank. And ha ha, or as Big Daddy Kane said, put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. Boom! And on that, we are going to bring call out culture.
to a poetic close. The words <laughs> of Big Daddy King. We want to thank Chong Wizard for uh, entertaining us tonight and um, breaking thank down this, this great record. Second time um, on the show. What, who is he? He's a two-time champ. Who are um, hey, you man, you are. Bring, wait, wait, wait. Hey, no, you got to bring me in more often. I got to be like the no, fourth we, we, we're gonna give you a, um, once a month. <laughs> we're going to give you a, 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 a NBA uh, equivalent. You said two. He's a two-time two-time champ. All right, so we two-time have, champ. Wait, He's wait, John Sally. He's John Sally. No, no, John Sally. No, John Sally won some titles of the Lakers. No, I'm John Stockton, son. John no, you Stockton. didn't win no titles. No, no, he didn't win no titles. Um, I got one. I got one. I got one. Um, I got. Oh, I got Carl Herrera. Carl Herrera, number seven on the rock. Yeah, number seven, ball-headed, Brazilian. I'm more like, like from Robert Ory's son. I'm coming. Uh, yeah, Ory got seven. That's a seven-timer. Ory got seven. Seven-timer. <laughs> seven-timer. Um, Carl Herrera and um, Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks, Brooks. He got two. On them back-to-back-ass teams. I would say Vernon Maxwell, but they cut him before the second They time. cut him. They cut him. Oh, man. I think he got that ring, though, because he was on the team early nah, in the season. I think. I no, I think Joe Dumars. Joe Dumars. I like Joey Joey Dumars. I'll, I'll, I'll take Joey Dumars. I'll take Joey Yeah, we'll, we'll go Dumars for Chong. Joe you know. Dumars for Chong before the GM list. Okay. Yeah, not the GM. Yeah. Um, but nah, um, great episode. Appreciate y'all. Um, yeah. For all the mm-hmm. listeners out there, go get the damn record. We got copies. Go get Cargo Coast record. We got copies. We don't. Them shits oh, are going. We don't have copies. Go no copies of Cargo Coast. Yep. They're out. Out of um, here. Go get Shrapnel. We, oh, we don't have record. Sold out. Sold out. Okay. Sold out. Um, what I. Oh, um, maybe there's a Blue Edward CD. I don't know. Try your Raheem's own. a couple of Raheem's. There's some Raheem's left. Yep. Um, I just did my. There's my a lot of Midnight Suns. There's a lot of Midnight Suns. Everything we made sure we made enough because we That's were correct. like, I don't want to sell out in one week. I want to make sure that fucking people can fucking have because we if we only pressed a hundred vinyl, it should have been sold out by now. But we're like, fuck it, let's, let's double nah, it. And up then also money. keep keep mm-hmm. the conversation going all through the fourth quarter. We're gonna be talking Midnight Suns come January, February, March. Um, especially winter time hitting, everybody gonna get them hoodies. And there's only about six of those left. Yep. So what we are saying to you listeners is hop on before everything's gone. And yep. you see uh, how we've been getting down. Oh, and we got the wrecking crew fucking uh windbreakers. Yeah. We sold some those, of them shit so far. Yeah, those look yeah. Thanks, man. It's just as fun and fire. We're gonna have pictures. So you know, you have a lot of them. Y'all got a lot of pictures. And coming soon, call out culture hoodies. Call call that'll be yep. coming out. We got the Nihilist Millennial hoodies. We got the fucking Midnight Suns hoodies. We got Midnight Scullies. We got Scullies. We got no Scullies. No Scullies yet. I feel like that's that's, that's, that's like Prem. John Wizard got the Scullies for the Midnight Suns. Oh no, Shrapnel. No, I don't. I just got the pin attached. Just oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I'm keeping it. Now I know what I can do when I get my package. Cheap Scullies. We do. Shrapnel beanies. Shrapnel beanies. My girl does this, so we have patches, and then she puts it on there. Look at yeah. that. Yo, it's right, funny. Yeah. When I was when I was thinking about old episodes, we would just be like, yo, so what are you watching this week? I don't know. What are you checking out? Now we're like, yo, buy this shit. This shit's gone. We got this covered out. This is <laughs> fucking over. Back in the day, we were like, I don't know. I mean, I've, been, I've been watching I some went, I went back and started watching Daredevil season one. Ooh. Shit is quality, man. Oh, no, that's shit fair. quality, man. They actually, I, what I liked about it is it's so gritty and it's real. Like, fuck, he gets fucked up a lot. Like, he's going to get switched up like he every episode. <laughs> out of all of those, it's the first two seasons of Daredevil, one season of Punisher, the first season of Jessica Jones, the second season of Iron, Iron Fist, Fist, and yeah. one like and a Luke half Cage. seasons of Luke Cage. Oh, no. When um Luke Cage was great up until the first season was really well, the first, good. No, the half, half of the first season. Yeah. Okay. When they when killed they Cottonmouth, that was bad. That was a bad move. 
Let, let, let's kill the best Sid, character. Let, let's kill the best actor, best fucking character. <laughs> five episodes. Let's just wipe him out. And have his um cousin push him out of window. Okay, whatever you want. All right. He, he, just, he shot a rocket launcher at Luke Cage, but his cousin could push him out of window. Oh, real, real quick before we wrap up. I just started, because I, I have no shows to watch right now until Fargo every Sunday. Uh, do you guys fuck with uh, Hellstrom on, on Hulu? Nah, I don't yeah. like the comic. So I didn't, Me neither, I didn't but it just it. looked ill. Okay. I started, I haven't, I haven't I'm binging. I'm binging. Have you guys watched Utopia? That's, That's what, what I was just going to say. Utopia is the shit. Yeah, that shit is so dope. I took the words out of my mouth. I'm on like episode four. I'm like very uncomfortable watching that shit. It's like way too fucking... I don't know, man. I'll get back into it, but I'm like very uncomfortable with it. Right now... I'm stressed out. Right now, I'm binging Oz because I have a seven-day trial on HBO Max and I'm trying to get the whole thing in before I turn it off. Yeah, I know. How long ago since you watched that? Like, I never watched Oz. Oh, zero watch. Oh, wow. That was me and Lasko. So that was a 90s thing. Uh, yeah, that was a big idea. Right. Like, it, but I was, it was yeah, always yeah, on, wasn't it on like right before Jeff jail. Comedy Jam? Yeah, it was on. Yeah, HBO. They did the six, like, six seasons. LP used to always reference it on his freestyles and shit. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Like um, in yeah. the 90s, it was definitely like um, laying the pathwork for all of the shows we like now. It was yeah. like that serious. Yeah. And um, and only leg it had up, I think, is because HBO always had like some of that cutting edge. They have nudity and stuff like that. Yeah, but still yeah, yeah. really do good shows, and a lot of other shows couldn't do that. Dream right on. Yeah. So I'm binging like up. Dream I'm, on Oz, Sopranos, Arliss. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I'm doing, Arliss. I'm doing, Arliss. I'm doing two, I'm doing two shows. I'm binging Oz and I'm binging Heroes again. Okay, Ugh, I've been watching the fuck. Heroes tweets. My daughter and I have been going through Lost. Dude, oh, I did awesome. lost two years ago. I mean, right? I've yeah, put I you on the done that. Yo, I, I put Castro on the lost. So, so I look, look, check this. I lost my job, and uh, this is another thing. I lost my job, and I just really was like, you know, just having some anxiety and you know, existential crisis shit. But so I wanted something. Okay, I need something to fill up my time during the day, so I won't feel like a loser. And I went ham on lost. And I was oh, calling Zilla. And I was asking him like questions like after every other. And I'm like, I don't remember. That was 2004. I don't remember what the fuck happened. I was watching it live on ABC. I was like, yo, like, Zilla, the Dharma shit. What, yo, what's this number and shit? And he, he had Henry no Gale, my man Henry Gale. Ben. I thought he had no the way the way loss unraveled to me. I saw Zilla had like a little notebook with notes because they the Lost fans went ham. I would yo, look up stuff. They were that, that shit was, was ill. That was, that shit was the best. Yeah. Shouts to Lost. Yeah, we're like almost through season five right now. <laughs> Oh, great. Oh, so y'all didn't two episodes. Y'all went to the Dharma Initiative back in time? Yeah. We're in that episode. We're there yeah, right well, now. I'll we're in like 1977 yeah. right now. Yeah, that's dope. That, that's Is it good? Is it actually what yeah, it is? Yeah, that's really good. Lost, yeah. yes. Lost, you know, really? I will tell you this. Lost is I will tell you this, Chong. Season three is age of binging. Lost takes it because any little medium episode, you can just go right to the next one. Back in the day, that's the thing for a week and you're like, oh my, and then also we watched season three again and I thought I thought the same thing, like the first half of season three, I was like, the fuck? And then it takes off, it goes nuts. But when we binged it, it wasn't bad. No, so Z, back in the day, y'all had a lot of breaks, right? Not just like- Well, no, but back in the day, back in the day, because that was the biggest show, but also back in the day, they didn't know when they were making it, how long it would go. Yep. So they had some episodes of them just jerking off in the fucking mirror. They were like, we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. But no, no, I'm asking, did y'all have a break in production? Like, would they be like a six-month layoff? Yeah, they, they, would, do, they would do some breaks. Okay. Like, it'd be a couple weeks off, though. It wouldn't be like anything. Like how Walking Dead does the mid-season finale. Right. The fucking yeah. holidays. But, right. but Lost was 22 episodes, hour long. They had That's 22 hours you got to fill with this fucking show. Son, you think Jesus. I don't know when I'm watching... Um, Oz and I didn't realize how many episodes is six seasons. No, no, wait, not Oz, not Oz. It's um, it's Heroes. 
Heroes, mm. I forgot how many. Like, I, have I, watched, DVDs I never movies. watched that either. So no. I have the DVDs of Heroes, so I'm watching it online. First season is dope. Feel, yeah, it's really great. dope. There's 22 episodes. That's what I'm saying. Network season. TV don't deal. They're putting that paper up. They're not fucking around. <laughs> I was like, yo, what? I was like, oh, this is the first season. I, I forgot yo. all of that was in the first season. First season is really good. Second season Highly is recommend. one of the worst seasons nah, I've though. ever seen in my life, and the third season is the is the jam. You want, you want a brisk viewing experience? That is the fucking shit. Me and my wife are watching that Queen's Gambit on Netflix. That's yeah, so you've been good. Telling me about that. So good. I've been telling I me about that. Me and my <laughs> me and my wife finished that in one day. We, we started. And we couldn't turn it off. It's so well, good. I'm a, I'm a no, you know it's like, like, like two in the it's morning. It's like searching like, for Bobby huh. Fisher meets fucking Mad Men. That shit oh, is. Oh, you know so what else I heard? Good, good. Netflix wise. That shit is. Awesome. I heard um, his house is really so good. good. His house? Yeah, with homegirl. The horror from, movie, um, right? Yeah, with homegirl yeah. from um, from uh, Lovecraft. My homegirl. Mm-hmm. Wait, mate, I gotta know her. Girl. Yeah, oh, she, it's but it's like you know they 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 leave from being caught like there was something going on in Africa and they leave and they go to this house. Yeah, they're like, like refugees in England. Oh yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. I yeah. gotta fuck with that. But it goes there. That's what I heard. I heard it goes there. Yo, Queen's Gambit though. Oh, hey, wait, wait, let me tell y'all. Queen's Game is The awesome. haunting of Bly House. I'm only on like three episodes. That's, that's don't really watch, don't, son, just, just stop it. Don't even bother. Yo, if you're looking for a good haunting I, I, show, no, I, watched, first I watched the second second season was okay. It was all right. The first season, I liked the first one episode was one of Haunting a Hill House had me. I was, that was like, oh, that. shit. And, that's, and it, it, I, I feel like the Bly House is too is slow rolling me. I'm not with it. Yeah, if you want to see some Bly good House. haunting shit, just watch Hell, Hell House LLC, the first episode, the first season, the first movie. Okay. It's oh, gonna hell. fuck oh, like it okay. fucked me. Hell House LLC. Okay. The Limited Liability Corporation. All right, yeah. these are call out culture recommendations. We, have, we haven't them. done Rex in a long time. We're yeah, always, so take them, leave them, watch them, and then report back. Well, you can also follow us on Twitter. Call out culture. Oh, that's creeping me out. Chong's creeping me the fuck out. I don't know what that is. You're oh, messing up creepy. my sign off. That's creeping me out. <laughs> so I'm you can unfollow um, this comic book. The background, because your background is is freaking me the fuck, because you can't really see the the picture you're putting up. All right, so let me do the sign off. We'd like all our listeners to um, comment, rank, leave a comment, leave a rank on iTunes, show us some damn love. Yeah, we got Um, we got new comments. Someone commented. Yeah, we got a couple new comments. Wait, let's read them out real quick. Fuck it. You got it. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. While you find it, and um, follow us on Twitter. Call out Colt. Pod, Pod. Yeah. and and also we have a Patreon. So, yeah, speaking um, of the Patreon, if you've made it with us this far, next week for the bonus footage on the Patreon, mm. we're doing a live episode with our Patreon followers. We're gonna send you a link. You can wow. join us. You can ask us questions. You can talk shit with us. But it's basically gonna be exclusive for the Patreon followers. So if you want to get down with it, sign up for the Patreon and uh, yep. come chill with us. Patreon roundtable. If anybody yes. saw our roundtables back, it's a, it's a jolly good time. Look at that. Oh, Queen, yo, that's my girl right there, Megan Abbott. Shouts to you, man. You got those two. Bomb. Books. You nice. told me, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to order these before I forget what he told me. To read. Yeah, yo, you're going to fuck with those books. One man. book I am waiting for with bated breath is fucking Bitterroot Volume 2. Yo, John, if, if you, yo, if you, if you at fucking nah. Megan Abbott about anything about music, she'll retweet that shit. She's got me a follow. So uh, listeners, go. if y'all um, want a book to check out, Bitter Root, it's an excellent book. Um, I, volume one is already in the books. You can get the graphic novel or the issues. And then volume two should be coming out next week. They keep messing with the release. I don't know if Homeboy, I followed up um, the writer. Yeah. Lone Sloan. Telling y'all, th- this shit right here, 
What it's like some Mobius next level. Like, Ooh. I don't know. If, uh, this must be European cats because they're just too ill to be American. Like, they must be French or Spanish or some shit. The art and it's just Sloan, like Sloan. that Druid cat, that Philip Druid cat. Oh my God. Oh, right, the nice art is fucking, oh my goodness. Sloan, Sloan, <laughs> Salambo. I'm at this shit right now to my, my, my joint. Bong. But again, yeah. by Midnight Suns, by Blue Edwards, by Cargo Colts Digital. Yep. And shrapnel wish on a star because there ain't no more left. And no more um, left. Raheem's Lament, we got some Raheem's Lament. And then, you know, just go to Wrecking Crew, go to Charm yep. Wizard, go to Bandcamp, and um, throw some duckers if you got them. Yeah, man. Um, thank y'all for we'll listening. That. Midnight Suns to the future. What's up, Z? Uh, real, real quick, our, our latest, latest comments someone gave us a five star review. Somebody said, named Sonata, five stars. He said the review was dope, and then he wrote dope again. Awesome. Double dope. Double dope. Another cat named Victor Vaughn 23 said a must listen for hip hop. He said a great mixture of hip hop appreciation and commentary on today's culture. And then let's not forget the man, Matt Meenan back in July. He said, it's the best Eric sermon related podcast. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real listener. Castro's fucking head fell on his shoulders right now. But there you go. They made great half music. Half of the songs are good. The other half suck. I'm, I'm, I'm good night, y'all. Oh my god. I like DPMD. I mean, I hate. Yeah, I got no beef with DPMD. I think the rumor was Eric Sermon. I even like the Death Squad album. El Nino. El Nino is a great record. Yeah. I like some of the Eric Sermon solo singles, like "Stay Real," for example. Off the album, No Pressure. All right, this is Curly Castro, Call Out Culture. I'm signing out. I don't care what the fuck anybody else is doing. You mentioned Eric Sermon on my podcast more than three times. Candyman's going to pop out your fucking mirror, and it's going to be me with a hook. Enough is enough. Is the hook going to be like, music, I make music. (laughs) Whatever that fucking hook is. Just like music. There it is. Come on, baby. Hey, y'all. Cash rolls out. All right, y'all. Good talking to y'all. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one.